Hello, my name is Kevin and I'm being stuffed in a refrigerator. I'm Michael and I'm waiting. And welcome to Subtitled Cinema, a podcast dedicated to non-American films. Each week we'll be watching a film from a different country. We invite you to watch at home so you can follow along. This week, The Announcement, directed by Mahmoud Fasil Koskun, a satirical dark comedy that follows four retired Turkish colonels as they fail to overcome the comically persistent and obnoxious obstructions in the way of their coup. This is a film that can have some context behind it. Oh yes, it definitely could. <laughs> um, right off the bat, just how do you how do you feel about this movie? How do you receive it? Oh, I receive it very favorably. I I, I receive it excellent. I was laughing. We were yeah. laughing together. This, this is, is definitely hilarious. just bone dry. <laughs> Bone dry. You, you and it's straight the whole time. Like yeah, in it, it never it We seriously. never get like a break. Yeah, from just <laughs> you know, no, just silence. The average shot length in this movie was exactly what I want, which is excessive. Excessive. I want to be in. Each, we I, it, we felt so nestled in mm-hmm. each space. Like I really felt like I was sitting on the other side of each one of these rooms. Yeah, like, like I was like the fourth person like in a taxi. Or fourth. I was the fifth person. <laughs> no, no, in a yeah, taxi. exactly. Or like the hospital I'm like I'm sitting at the like adjacent desk yeah. just <laughs> just looking. Just you know, peering over the shoulder. So this is a very clear satire of yes. coups. It's particularly in Turkey. Tur- Turkish coups, there have been a lot. In nineteen sixty we saw our first big coup d'etat, basically our first coup d'etat in the Republic of Turkey orchestrated by our Parsan Turkish against the democratically elected government of the Democratic Party. Turkish was the one who declared the coup on the radio, so that's kind of the image of person and coup telling public. Yeah, that's kind of kind of where we sort of draw like the impetus of this movie. Exactly, from. yeah. And uh, that this is also the coup that's referenced in the movie when he's like, hey, we could have used some one in here, yeah. like in 1960. <laughs> that was a perfect Turkish accent. I felt it. <laughs> so, in 1960, this almost, almost bloodless coup was successful, okay. leading to a lot of purges, like... 5,000 officers, a bunch of generals, a hundred and... 50 basically university teachers left. A bunch of landowners got banished to the land and confiscated. A lot of, you know, overhaul. So, okay. So, perhaps, like, you know, the mass oppression of political dissenters? <laughs> I mean, depending on how you want to look at it. And they instituted a new constitution. So, we hit that reset button. That on the is Turkish a successful government. coup. It is. They, they kind of hit all of their goals. Things. Look, it, it's coming because. Conditions weren't, like, exactly peachy perfect. They usually yeah. don't tend to be if you're doing a coup. If, yeah, if you're, like, overthrowing the government. So, you know, the Democratic Party was, in, you know, in the military's eyes, failing a little bit. Okay. That happens in 1960. That's kind of the first big one. The military continues to dominate the political scene until about 1965. Colonel Talat Aydemir organized two failed coups between then and now. Right? Dry run. Two just never worked out. <laughs> one in 1962. Okay. And another one in 1963. So okay, okay. doing a back two punch combo. The 1963 coup is the one this movie is based on. So, so the the events of the movie are are like very a f- loosely based within this this coup attempt. Y- yes, my understanding is that this is sort of based within a reality, but this is a fictional event. Yeah. So what we see in this movie is you know, very loosely based on a few a few key events of the 1963 failed one, but at, 
obviously there's exaggeration and such and such. Yeah, because you, you got to be able to like sort of paint a larger picture with some with some of these events. Right, we're still telling a story here. Of yeah, course. of course. So in the first free elections after the coup, uh, Soleiman Demir was elected and held office until 1971. When okay. He, when he was removed by another coup. This is comical <laughs> in a very sadistic way. Like, terrifying. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. To have such instability. Uh, <laughs> the 1971. Coup was a 1971 memorandum, memor, memorandum, yeah. which basically was the army sliding a piece of paper that says, "Yo, if you don't get this under control, we're gonna like have tanks in the streets. We're yeah, gonna like yeah, launch yeah. a proper coup." Yeah. So the whole point of this memorandum was to return order to Turkey. Turkey at the time was becoming increasingly violent and unstable. Economic conditions were decreasing, worsening in the same way that they were in 1960. Clashes between left-wing workers and students' movements and right-wing Islamic and Turkish national groups were effectively paralyzing the government at the time. Yeah. They were like, there's so much chaos here. We can't like do anything. We don't know how to move forward. Yeah. That's why the army was like, okay, well, you better figure it out right now. Yeah. Or there's going to be some issues. I mean, when you have, like, you know, not only a branch of the military, but, like, just any sort of strong arming in a country, it's typically not only a product of this sort of instability, political, social turmoil, but I think it also kind of is building out of itself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if your country just overthrew its own government, that doesn't exactly set the stage for a very stable government in and of itself. Right, and the fact that it's happened... I mean, keep these dates in mind, right? Between 1960... 11 years later, we already have a, a new one with two attempted ones in between then. Yeah. That's a very short amount of time. Yes. None of these new governments are exactly taking root and diving in all that deeply. Yeah. The, the kind of kicks the government a little bit into gear. They try to do some things to help mitigate. In 1980, <laughs> there's another coup. Is that like five now? <laughs> it's, it's, it's too many. <laughs> Political violence has been worsening again. Yeah. The country's just not being amazing to live in right now, I suppose. Yes, and I, I think it's also almost certainly obvious that this is complicated. It is very complicated. There's a lot of groups with a lot of competing interests. From my understanding of it, it is a lot of these kinds of like far extremists on either ends clashing in the streets. There are people like killing each other. There are like bombings and kidnappings and murderings going on. There's a lot of nasty business. Wow, this does seem quite quite filthy. It is. So in 1980, the government's overthrown. Okay. All right. <laughs> Again. Um, this time, there is a sharp decrease in political violence, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, they kind of knock that off a little bit, mostly by imposing a three-year military rule, banning all political parties, all political groups, and the Kurdish language. Hmm, that's stable. <laughs> Wait, they banned the Kurdish yes, language? Yes, I guess they I did. And the Kurds. They were like, don't do it, don't speak that. Not here. Okay, so, so you can also kind of see sort of the politic of the 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 people organizing, orchestrating these coups. Mm -hmm. Sort of once they're in power, what is their objective? Like, what were they attempting to do via overthrowing the government? Yes, and and as we've seen in the what is this now? Like the fourth or third successful coup? The, successful, coup. successful, successful. The groups, the military groups, will kind of have a vague-ish statement yeah like all the way back in 1960 kind of the head honchos there were like we're making a path to democracy we're yeah. like protecting the people we're doing this for their interests and then not really giving specifics yeah. or like a plan or any details 
Just nearly <laughs> all of the rhetoric you would need to overthrow a government without actually discussion without, of like, anything. The installation. Of yeah, one. exactly. And we see this in the movie pretty explicitly with like the speech that gets revised, and then yes. all parts of the speech we hear. It's like, oh, if you look closer at this, it's like, what are you even actually talking about? But I, I really love that grammar check. It's like, oh, this you. verb is. They in should the be active. <laughs> <laughs> so after the 1980 Q, you'll never believe what comes next. 1997. All right, so um, 17 years later. 17 years later, which is better. Pretty good. Another memorandum. This okay. one isn't like an explicit coup, but it is pressure from the military. We force Prime Minister Nikmitin Erbakan to resign. Okay. That's kind of the main crux of that one. There's so many different... There were a lot of other, you know, competing interests again with this one, but that's kind of the big effect. Yes. Now, 2016, which is, oh, 19 years later or so? Yes. And oh. relatively recent. Rel- relative. I remember yes. seeing this on the news. Me too. When yeah. I was like re-digging into it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. this was going on. 2016, a coup attempt, not a successful one. Don't let that deceive you. A faction within the Turkish Armed Forces attempted to seize control, but they were defeated by state loyal forces. Okay. Um, So this is the state responding like, no, you're not going to do this. And succeeding. And succeeding, the state being like, no, you're not going to do this, and we are still the state. Yes. So no overthrow. However, uh, 300 people were killed, uh, 2,100 were injured. The Turkish parliament and the presidential palace were both bombed. Which is wow, that's pretty. Significant. Yeah, that's those are key targets right there. Yeah. Uh, the president was almost assassinated, but was not. There were mass arrests, also about forty thousand people detained, and it set off kind of a chain of continuing arrests. I don't want to say into the future because I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be all that surprised. So th- this just had a lot of different, a lot of different things going on. Yeah. As, as a and yes, it did fail. However. There was a lot of conflict, a lot of like explicit, like you know, running and gunning in the streets. Well, there is d- definitely a a substantial confrontation that that occurred. Yeah, like shootouts, loyalist elements, like you know, between police, armed forces, national intelligence, pro coup soldiers, like all of these people like pointing guns at each other, and it's very stressful. It leads to a three month state of emergency, okay. and it again sets off this like chain of purges. So. A lot packed into that 2016 one. That is when this movie would be in production, basically. Yes. So this movie comes out in 2017. Comes out in 2018. Okay. So you know this is this is right on right on the forefront of our minds receiving this movie. It's definitely I feel sort of reflecting, kind of the events unfolding in real time. You know, it it, it is so so soon after that most recent coup, but also I mean it's not like these things happen overnight i mean they do and they don't right right and i mean it's interesting too because we have the more contemporary coup fueling a lot of the satirical elements while at the same time we are hearkening back to the 1963 one so we have this kind of timeless period piece and this synergy of a lot of different things the 2016 coup attempt failed in large part due to disorganization amongst all the planners. Oh, now that definitely seems yeah, like the movie's pulling doesn't from. Doesn't that quite sound like kind of what we saw? <laughs> is, we did certainly see like a plot unfold. <laughs> exactly, right? Just to be a little specific here, the National Intelligence Organization, Turkey's National Intelligence Organization, discovered the coup plot. That's not good for a coup. No, no, no not at all. So they were like, uh, mm, let's do it now. So that's five hours ahead of schedule, which, okay. you know, in something as delicate and as precise as a coup is not a great start. No. Basically, right off the bat, one of the main organizers was shot dead by loyalist. <laughs> so, wow. there goes the command chain, there goes, like, your morale, there 
there goes a lot of the, you know, we're going to like... Wind in the sails. Yeah, yeah. The, like, somebody's not answering the phone on the other line anymore. Yeah. And, oof, like, we have we to keep operate going? as such now. Yeah. <laughs> so if any of this reminds you of the announcement, that's on purpose. The announcement also kind of has that element where, because it's taking place in 1962? 1963. 1963, yeah. That communication is not so readily available. Yeah, we're not sending texts. No. We're waiting on phone calls mostly landlines landlines yeah. yeah very good point and so i feel like kind of that that sort of trope you see throughout the movie of like oh shouldn't there be tanks on the streets by now or uh we're supposed to get major reinforcements a couple of hours from now yeah, yeah. you know we're all operating a very serious attitude and a sort of serious momentum even though we really don't know what's going on yes and not just the people watching in the movie but kind of the audience themselves because mm-hmm. we're with them we're following them we know what's going on with them and they're all off and they're doing their hijinks right um but we don't really know like, what that is. Yeah. I mean, we don't even understand it's a coup until almost halfway through the movie, I want to say. Or at least yeah. a third. Yeah. Before we finally get the words like, oh, put on your uniforms. We're going to go, you know, seize the uh, radio. Yeah. And it's not as if they're even necessarily part of the coup itself, but rather the part yeah. of, like, the announcement. You know, they're, they're part of the letting the populace you know. They, know. they're on, the, like, the logistical side of things. Public relations. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, what, you, what you're saying, I think, points to what I believe is one of the greatest strengths of this movie. Where, yes, we get a seed the characters waiting physically on screen but we are also waiting to figure out what's going on yeah. to kind of we're waiting so intensely for the other shoe to drop and the fact that it never yeah. does it's just such a funny atmosphere it's such a good it's such a good point it's like so good. there's kind of these rising bubbling tensions that are going on the whole time mm-hmm. and we sort of have to put them on pause as we wait for oh well she's somebody in else right now to, yeah oh hey we're in we're in another car ride oh right. you have to make a delivery right now you gotta step out of the car and drop off this bread you never forget that it's dire they revisit yeah. kind of the speech enough times they revisit just i mean you see their guns being brandished well you see you know killings you see killings and little signals like these you know scattered without the film remind you that there is stakes for not only the lives of the people we're following yeah. but once you understand it's the country like the country as a whole yeah uh, it's definitely gives you that reinforced of, of stress and tension every time there's like a gun cock or mm. you see like a room occupied by, you know, soldiers with weapons and you're like, oh, this is a very real thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a complete crapshoot. It's so absurd, too. Yeah. Um, you know, this is supposed to be done by like, oh, the, you know, the military. Yeah, like- but, but it's still this nonsensical bullshit. <laughs> Right, what you would expect is, you know, kind of a rigid takeover, like, organization, like, lines of marching, kind of very tight, very precise, and instead you kind of get these four bumbling bros yeah. as they run into the most infuriating sequence of road bumps <laughs> I've ever seen. What do you mean he's not home? Oh, I love it so much. Going into the film a little bit itself. Yeah, let's jump into it. Yeah, let's just start with some of the technical elements, because this film looked gorgeous. It does. This is kind of one of those movies that leans heavier on maybe the artistic presentation of the story, Mm -hmm. rather than maybe, you know, set piece or action. Right, like, the, the each space we occupy is pretty enclosed and pretty simple. Yes. And none of these things attract, in fact, I think they lend strength to the performances of the people occupying those spaces. Yeah. 
the amount of the amount of times there's a look shot yes. across the room or typically uh, the man who was initially in the backseat of the taxi kind with of the, the guy who the, I got the sense he was like in charge the glasses of right yeah yeah he definitely was like pulling some shots yeah he also just the amount of times he's looking in disbelief yes. yeah. but <laughs> just so subtly like ah oh, is this happening like yeah like he can't say anything no because it's just so ridiculous but yeah his facial expression like a complete loss like this is what we're dealing with this is what we're doing not to mention he did like that actor he did so good at sitting still he was so still he was like motionless for like minutes and I'm like like there were parts of this movie I thought it was so rich with it's kind of foreground background compositions where either foreground is in focus and background is blurry or vice versa and then the people becoming kind of like the scenery like with this with this character with the glasses on a lot of the times when he's still like that he kind of like blends into the walls or the chair or whatever it is and I almost like forget about him until he finally moves again yeah I also he kind of embodies like a like a lurking presence because keep in mind we're, we're sort of introduced to this character after shooting this taxi driver, right? He was about to get paid. You know, the man in the passenger yes. seat is also, you know, orchestrating this coup. Uh, he was planning on paying this taxi driver, but the other guy covered that before it was done. I like that reading of it. I took it as a uh, he like kind of signaled for him to kill him, and he was just telling him he was going to pay him. Oh, really? I thought it was sort of like two approaches to how to deal with this mm. now person who's sort of in on it. Right. And the one guy's like, like well, I'm gonna, you're going to pay yeah. you, and you're going to go home. Whereas the other guy's like, well, we can just shoot you, and it's to the same effect for us. Mm. I see how that could be competing odds. No, definitely. I just thought the moment he saw their guns, they both like understood he was gonna die. But like, regardless of it, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that is definitely a moment where he does something and it, it very much captures your attention. Yeah, and you're 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 also he's kind of stained from that point on. We're like, well, this guy is definitely not a guy to be fucked with. Right. This is a dangerous man. We understand when he's blending into the background. There's it's still this like you can't really rest. Mm-hmm. But when you have these characters who then. During all this waiting, talking about, oh, do you have this, this cooling cabinet? So, you have like, this my door? friend is into refrigeration. <laughs> God, the private conversations with, like, <laughs> how much would an ad cost on radio? Oh. <laughs> oh, how much does this fridge cost? Can for I get you what it costs? God. <laughs> yes, you understand right after that what he is capable of. Especially, too, when they discovered that their co-conspirator kind of plotter is wearing a wire. Mm-hmm. That's another one of those instances where he, he he's so still, and he even says it, you know, we're waiting until yeah. we get the train to kind of obscure. Oh, and he yeah, goes, I love that. He, that super subtle glance to be like, get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, boom! Woo! So, yeah, I really like how he kind of fades until he's in motion. And when yeah. he's in motion, it's like somebody is dying, like something's happening. Yeah. And I think that is emblematic of kind of the ebb and flow of these coups. Mm -hmm, Because there are periods where nobody really knows what's going on and we're kind of waiting. But then whenever we're not waiting, we're like shooting a tank in the street. Yeah, or, you know, something incredibly severe is going on. Right, we're like capturing the president or like murdering like political dissenters. Like something is going like crazy right now. But in the meantime, (laughs) we're, you know, hanging out. (laughs) You mentioned earlier the foreground background sort Mm -hmm. of split. There's several different scenes which I think it's embodied super well. Uh, one of which is just when they're in the radio sort of uh, recording room or whatever. Where you have people in the glass who are operating the equipment. And then people you have... sort of in the foreground who are mm. using the equipment. And the people in the or mid-ground, I should say. And then in the foreground who are standing with guns. And so yeah. you kind of get this layered effect of sort of, you know, different layers of, of the, the forces that are in control and, and operating. Mm-hmm. Um you there's also other you know instances where you kind of have this the split layering of sort of different events not different events 
where you have different actions done by different characters you'll have sort of characters in observation you know uh, i'm thinking about where the man gets shot for having a wire. Yeah. Where you kind of have the guy in the mat back with like the gun. Like looking off. You know, look, oh, l- yeah, l- looking yeah. on. And then we're, we're observing that man's silhouette who's constantly in the foreground. Yes. Always silhouetted. He is then speaking to the characters in the mid-ground who are kind of right. having their conversation. And then you have the man in the fridge in the f- looming in the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that always, every time that, that positionality changes you kind of have a different almost plot narrative going on. Because one person may have a microphone, one person may actually be calling the shots, and the other person is is standing there with a gun. Right, and and these layers definitely interact with each other all the time. So I think it's, it's just a, a gorgeous visual method to yeah. kind of differentiate between different streams of action almost. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking another scene that stuck out to me was the hospital scene where you kind of have the nurses, like, closer to the camera and then, like, behind the windows, all these military men waiting. Mm. And, you know, you definitely, like, you have her kind of walk off. Does she walk off? No, no sorry, she, she, she made, There was a doctor who there was someone. Who, there was someone else who... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, like, asked well, for cigarettes. Oh, no, no, because when she walks off to go check, another nurse uh-huh. from, like, really close walks in. That's yeah. what I was thinking of, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's there's exchange between the different, like, dimensions, if you will. But in each setting, like, the military men are the background. Yeah. Like, this coup d'etat is the background to what is otherwise going on in these hospitals. And, and the exchange there, I think it's just, it's really funny because it's almost like an undercurrent that nobody's really noticing. Yeah. Because it is so... So much of a failure, I guess, it's right not, now. It's like, weird. It's, it's, it's so odd. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the the sort of indifference that the characters feel. <laughs> that's that's a big trope through the movie, and I think is is definitely hammered down for for intentional purposes. Sort of the the not indifference that the Turkish people have to sort of these these military upheavals, but also the recurrence of them. The the, yeah. the necessary like going ons that life still has for them like this delivery driver who's driving around you know armed yeah like armed officers trying to you know instigate a a upheaval of the the government he's like i gotta make deliveries after this like i have a (laughs) another check like i can't come in the morning yeah yeah which, by the way, um, that, that was the beginning scene. Yes, when he looks he like he's being hanged. Because, well, he does look like he's being yeah. hanged. Like, look into it. Yeah, yeah, he fails because he's missing teeth. Because yeah. he tack or he tackles that guy right. Yeah, and that's yeah. he misses the teeth. And yeah, haha, like sucks. Like that sucks. Yeah, but that's his whole character. I, I is almost indifferent. Almost. I mean, he, yeah, because he never really reacts to any of them like brandishing their guns or getting in. Well, also because I feel like he doesn't really have much of a like at this yeah, point exactly. he's like, on like board, that's like his like, boss. Ball, yeah. Exactly. But like he goes along with tackling that guy. <laughs> yeah, he steps up to the plate. But at the end too, when he like speeds away, yeah, that was so funny. Because yeah. he's trying to get out, you know. He is. He's this, like, Brad, like, like, I gotta get the deliveries done. Um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, he he didn't. He got like roped in. This wasn't like his coup. Yeah. Well, that that also he was trying to leave Turkey. I mean, he was trying to work, go to he work was, in Germany. He was. Trying which to, which and is, then he uh, couldn't my... because he was helping this coup d'état. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> but yeah, I I really like what you're saying with just it goes to show how. In this satirical lens, you know, these these attempted coups are just so frequent. They're background noise and they're they're barely even worth paying attention to because they're almost always going on. A scene that kind of pulls together both the foreground, midground, background that we were talking about, as well as sort of this this indifference, is when they're searching for the radio operator and they go to his father's house oh, and yeah. it's the, the manager of the radio speaking with the father in the foreground. The older father, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. see in the midground the two the two officers just mm-hmm. sitting there idly watching waiting, the entire time. Waiting. Waiting. Waiting a tremendous amount of time. Leaning. 
<laughs> and they have like a like a normal conversation about like, hey, do you mind playing? Yo, can you play like more traditional music? Yeah. Actually, I think. And then he like blows him. He's like, oh, we have to <laughs> yeah. abide. Like, I ignore your criticism. He's like, he's like, so I think we play an appropriate amount of that kind of music. Actually, <laughs> I I love just like the the silliness that comes with like you can't don't just tell him off right now. Like it'd be like, oh yeah, I'll take that into consideration. Wait, I mean, you know, he kind of backtracked. He's yeah. like, you know, yeah, like I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, this is the scene, too, where we get him leaning forward. So, uh, how much would an ad cost? Yeah, because <laughs> even outside this coup, like, life still needs to go on. It does. You know, the coup is not necessarily kind of like a main, almost focus in the lives of these citizens. It, it's going on despite that. You know, they're trying to live their life and they're trying to sort of, you know, live a day-to-day. He's trying to manage the radio. Um, the guy's trying to make deliveries. All this sort of, like, regular stuff that gets interfered. And, you know, even that, that taxi driver. He got killed as a result did. of He did. Yeah, that sucks. So, you know, even as stupid as this all is, or silly, or comical, it's or whatever. It's stakes. Yeah, the it stakes has consequences for, you know, your average Joe. Part of that genius, too, I think, is just the insurmountability of the roadblocks that they yeah. keep hitting. Because it's like, yeah, we have, like, an anastologist anesthesiologist uh, in surgery right like she's like there, there's like procedures going on here yeah. you know like the coup d'etat is inherently like a deeply disruptive thing but like it has limits on what it can disrupt like it can't disrupt this anesthesia and, yeah there's and, there's work that needs right to like it can't disrupt this doctor because this patient is mid-surgery and it's like well there are things we have to consider here yeah which i think is just so funny when you think about like what a coup is you know, like, we have to consider, like, this hospital, but it's like, oh, yeah, we have to consider, like, our political party and, like, yeah. why there's violence in the streets. and Just all these, like, myriad factors that goes into planning, attempting, and failing, like, a coup. Yeah, gosh, I just, I love, well, in that, in that hospital, when we're kind of, like, waiting for the nurse to find the, the last names... First, it was yeah. hilarious when it was the first line. Oh, no, that's not him. And the second one. Oh, that's the one. That, because it's, it's like every microscopic every single, like, yeah. block that With they the could thing. have hit. They do. I just keep going on this point, but I can't stop thinking about the the guy with the glasses, kind of this main forefront conspirator. Just what must be going on in his head? Oh, he's just worried. Like, every time he's just like, oh. <laughs> um, but you know, even the the nurses couldn't be bothered by yeah. you know the the military officials there. That doctor walks in, grabs cigarettes, and walks out because you know he can't be bothered by these like ranking. You know, they have all their stars out there in like their military garb. They clearly are intended to have something of a presence. Yeah. But even the nurse talks back and is like, no, you can't go back there. Yeah, just, well, like, oh, you know, whatever. We get, we're doing like, our You thing. have, like, no authority yeah. here. The del- I'm sorry, the delivery, like, mid... Like, I gotta stop here to drop off the first, like, crate of bread. Oh! It's I like, nearly forgot. Yeah, but, you know, the, the guy the, who's wearing the glasses, he's like, are you kidding me? Like, we're in the middle of something. And he's like, oh, we just gotta drop this off really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. That, I think, hits on one of the... One of my favorite themes throughout this which was just the idea of time yeah we've touched on it so much but how many times did we understand and get like explicit lines like hey like we need help this is urgent yeah like hey let's hurry this up like we're in the middle of a coup d'etat like is there no other faster way to do this yeah do we have to go all the way to him like how can we do this in the most efficient time-saving way necessary yeah and then what we're left with is we're waiting like there is no other way (laughs) yeah Yeah. so just that juxtaposition is so rich and i think it's done so well just with again like the average shot length being very high yeah again just like the amount just the sheer amount of mentions of like this is urgent yeah now you mentioned long shot takes and i think that's something that works really well for this film i do too i think it would be odd if we forgot 
the uninterrupted shot consecutive <sighs> of them singing the North <laughs> Korean national anthem. <sighs> that was a quite ballsy. You know what I mean? Like that's not something that would fly in an American movie. No. But like he nailed it, he right? Does. Can we quick shout out like his he does have a great singing voice? He does. It's like oh my gosh, like he's he was the perfect man like, for the military the theater. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That was. It was the wrong one. Yeah. Like imagine going up to a bunch of South Koreans <laughs> and just letting loose from beginning to end. That's like that's like that's like showing up to the Super Bowl and singing like the USSR national anthem. Yeah, like. The- <laughs> Like, how hard do you have to miss? So, but he nailed it. The first time we saw this movie was at the Seattle International Film Festival. Shout out Sif. Shout out Sif. If you're in Seattle, go to Sif. Give them all your money. Go to Sif. Yes. Volunteer uh, with them. Just look up Sif. Look up Sif. Amazing resource. They have great workshops, great movies all the time. We saw it at Sif. (laughs) I can't, like, describe what it was to sit with all these people and listen to the entire North Korea. Uninterrupted. <laughs> because the second time we watched it, years later, for this podcast, I totally forgot it was the whole thing. Yeah, I end. totally thought he was going to get interrupted like 20 seconds in or something. And then we're just still in it. It's so good. I think it really embodies like the slow burn, you know, the dryness, the straightness of like, you know, we're going to stick to this bit and we're going to hold... <laughs> And we're right. gonna hold, right. and we're gonna hold in it. It's unflinching, yeah. And that's so good because this movie won't let you look away. It refuses yeah. to look away. Yeah. And again, it's like, well, we have to get going, but we're all gonna stop really quick and yeah. put it on the record, <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, we're gold with this performance. I also think there was an interesting parallel when we're listening to the that you know that Turkish anthem later when they mm, finally do their too. announcement and then they play the song and they're all mm-hmm. just kind of standing it's listening like, to that song. Like Turkish army, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think there's parallels to be drawn there of, you know, it's not it's not like they're subverting one another. Mm-hmm. Or rather, you know, I think it's subverting the Turkish national anthem. I don't know if that's the national anthem. but it, I think it's like a soldier's anthem. Yeah. It seems like an army, like pro-army yeah, yeah, yeah. anthem, pro-army song. Um, and it definitely, I think, criticizes that pretty well. You know, where it's like, oh, what's, what's so different from these goons singing the wrong anthem? And not just the wrong anthem, the Like North the one that is at anthem. odds, like fundamentally at odds with the environment they're in. Yeah. And then here's them doing the same thing. After spending a night being fundamentally at odds with <laughs> all the people trying to live their lives. With the state, yeah. yeah. Either yeah. disrupting you know, doctors at work, mm-hmm. killing taxi drivers, right. or you know, pulling a, a radio pulling operator from, from a generating the arts, you know, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, that, that movie dubbing, yeah, just to see Take a detour there really quick. Yeah, that was hot. That was that was very sexy. Both yeah. their cigarettes. Yeah. Just, kept just like getting stuff. like hits in. Like, oh, I gotta pull this out of my mouth. I'm like, I, I gotta, like say this on the words. Visually again, so rich. The yeah. style in this movie, style, style, style. Smoking sexy style and mm. sizzling. And I like how you don't break that shot when the, the background is interrupted. Yes. That's you know, another foreground background. Another instance of it. Yeah. They just play with it so well. And usually too, almost always, I believe, there is some kind of barrier. Yeah. Whether that be like in this movie behind the case and the radio station or where they're glass. within it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always kind of some glass we're peering through. Even the scene we mentioned uh, with the fridge right there, yeah. uh, there's glass behind the, the yeah. guy who's in the furthest away. Yeah. So there are always these kind of portals to see through, always these kinds of lenses that are, you know, acting as some kind of mediation or blocking force between us, the viewer, and them, whoever is there. Because they're not, you know, in the same but world. They're disconnected, you, know? you yeah. know? They're doing this coup when there are so many blatant signs that the coup has not failed. Yeah. We don't get the call from the other major city that's not Istanbul. Yeah. We don't see the tanks in the street. We don't get our reinforcements. Yeah. And it's like, 
Why are you still even trying? Yeah. <laughs> um, I adore the second taxi scene. We are still looking for the renegade soldiers. <laughs> when they sh- lock eye like this taxi driver <laughs> and the guy in the passenger seat. <laughs> the taxi, that, that half the second of... <laughs> the taxi driver's like... Uh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I like that it amounts to them just, like, eating food in a restaurant waiting to be captured. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exa- Again, coming back to right where we've always been, just waiting, mm-hmm. waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, because uh, the shoe never dropped. It never... No, we never actually saw the other side of really much of it. None really of their, their silly actions and hijinks and detours. <laughs> lead to... Nothing. Yeah. Waiting or not, being patient yeah. or not. Uh, it, it was all for not. Huge kudos for not... For sticking with the bit. Yeah. For making sure we never don't wait. Well, you know, but that's also, you know, in line of sticking with the bit, this movie is that you know? no exactly exactly like i think again that's what it, that's what it deserves to be praised for because it it's not gonna suddenly give you something at the end when it hasn't been giving you that something this entire time you're yeah. just never gonna get it yeah <laughs> i want to relate this movie to episode two actually to lehane whoa, whoa. Um, flashback I, yeah i know uh, listen I love, up again if you need to i uh, yeah go back <laughs> Listen or re-listen to episode two. Watch the hand if you haven't. <laughs> and, you know, that's another movie where, you know, you have... I think there's charming moments in that movie. Oh, the relationship yeah. between there's the funny bits. So Absolutely. Um, but it, it is a movie that deals with sort of... I mean, I don't think it's as funny, but it, it deals with serious subject matter. Hate. On one, on, on one hand. But then the other sort of half of this movie is like technical brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is something the announcement does. Maybe not on as flashy of a budget or flashy in terms of cinematography. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's any less good. Um, it's just a little bit more restrained. It's a little bit more claustrophobic almost. Mm, yeah, because we're in these very confining spaces. And we're all, you know, always indoors. We're all we always, you know, except for the time where they're at the checkpoint and the fishermen come up behind us. Oh and they're gosh. like, hey, can we go? Or he vomits on the steps. Oh, my God. <laughs> Outside. But- Man, I, complete side. Let's get sidetracked for a second. Let's when, do it. When they're doing that really long wind-up joke about the oh two my Germans the and martinis. the pub. Ooh. Oh my god, because dry means, like, do you get it? Because in Germany... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That that was amazing. That hit. Like, that it was. Hit. It was just so consistent with just the it humor was, of the movie. It was. it was consistent with just kind of the characters, like, dry selves. Yeah, I mean... The guy with the glasses. These are these are the co-conspirators to a coup d'état. These are like hardcore. These guys. are like these are retired colonels. You yeah. know these these are you know the brass or whatever. Yeah. Like hardened men or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like they're not gonna be laughing at this martini joke. Yeah. But to go back to Lahaine and um, what you were saying. Yeah, just that the movie itself is a vessel Looks for gorgeous. larger ideas that are like important to contemplate and I grapple see. with. But the the vessel itself is is digestible. It's hyper stylized. Yeah, too, in both it's instances. great. I know what, this is almost you know a benign shot, but I was still like, oh, that's awesome. Which one? Is when they're walking to the the um, older man's house and they're walking the hallway, and there's kind of like almost you know like a set distance. Oh behind of each no! Other. Where they go to the, the wrong door? Yes. Oh no! <laughs> when they're knocking on the door heavily, and the one behind them opens up. Oh, <laughs> they literally they got every single thing wrong. This, you know, yeah. This really is like a Murphy's Law of a movie. 
It's like it's gorgeous. <laughs> That's what I love, though. It's just like they really found Every the creative thing. vessel, yeah. you know, to just yeah. be wrong all the time. The filmmakers were like, how can we throw more salt into these gears? Yeah. And they made it work. They found the salt. What, you know, something Sand. that's supposed to be, whatever. Sand. Something that's supposed to be as, you know, precise and excellent and choreographed as a coup. Suddenly. Buffoonery. Well, because, okay, too, I just realized this, too, but imagine, think about how many times there was a clock in, in mm-hmm. these shots. And I wish I was paying closer attention because, you know, obviously it takes the course of an entire friggin' night. Yeah. But we get clocks just everywhere. Clocks on the radio station, clocks in the homes where we go to, clocks when they set out from the Phrygia there. Like, it's just reminding you again, like, time is ticking, but it's also very much indicating it's been a while. Like, yeah. transit has eaten up a lot of this. Yeah. Like, I mean, we started in a taxi cab, like, outside exactly, the city. Like, trying to find the people has taken a lot of our very supposedly precious time here. Yeah. <laughs> Only for in the morning them to be like, all right. I love um uh, kind of when they wake up in the morning after the guy throws up on the steps and they depart from that, that building <laughs> yeah. of the radio yeah. station. And they're in front of the Hilton Hotel. It's Ooh, kind of, it's a really yes. subtle, subtle detail. I was wondering what that building was. Yeah. I was very curious. Because uh, you see like the H, the H on it. Yeah. Um, they talked about it earlier. Oh, the Hilton's like west of the building or whatever. Right, this was like his view kind of yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's supposed to be kind of like a condemnation of really their whole idea as a whole like the, you know whatever political force that they're trying to repel against it doesn't seem like they have too much of an issue with some of this corporate entity emplacing itself within you know turkey within Istanbul specifically like like they're supposed to be emblematic of a coup and it's kind of ideals of reformation and bringing justice da 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 but they are complicit in other forms of injustice perhaps yeah, yeah. is what I hear you saying a bit uh, I think that's a quite much better way out of it. <laughs> I wanted to not misphrase anything. Okay, yeah. I, I, I like that interpretation a lot because I was trying to draw significance from that as a symbol and I think you've just done it very well. So, yeah. Look yeah, into everything. I mean, Maison San. Yeah, I don't I'm know. so smart. Yeah. <laughs> You're, right now, I can tell you listeners at home that Kevin's head is touching the floor because his brain is so big. Uh, he's been doing a headstand this whole time. Yeah. You know, when you get a lot of blood like rushing through your head. His like... neck is as thick as as his the crown of his head but he can't move it and it's a deep dark purple that's disgusting <laughs> so what was your favorite scene? <laughs> oh okay you got me first look it is like 100 percent absolutely the scene i can't think of right now but thought of earlier as so funny oh actually must have really like we we, expl- no, we explicitly talked about it as why and as we were talking about it i was like that's my favorite scene without a doubt um, it might have been the Korean National Anthem one because that's just so good. Dude, the Korean National Anthem is so good. I'll just go all ham. I'll say my favorite scene was the Korean National Anthem because, boy howdy, I was laughing and then I stopped and then I started howdy. laughing exactly, again. Exactly, right? <laughs> there were so many other scenes like that too where it was just like, God, sorry, them also walking across the hall to the wrong one was <laughs> another one of the highlights of the But yes, another strength of the long shots is that, yeah, you can laugh, stop, and laugh again because yeah. it's just, it just it keeps, keeps going, hitting. It just yeah. keeps hitting. What about you? What were one of your favorites? Gosh, I really like the... Th- this one's, uh, I would say... Go for it. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's pretty on brand. When they're when they're waiting for that guy to show up who was thought he was being tailed, then uh, they kill him. Yeah, yeah. I like that scene. Yeah, because not only was it crazy, I'm like, oh, he just murdered that man. Mm-hmm. But then they still like have that brief discussion about the refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all jokes aside, like, hey, I'm a little curious about this like novelty going on over here. <laughs> and because it is, you know, 
some Western imported product. Right. You it, know? It's like, it is novelty, exactly like you yeah. said. This, like, cute new toy. And only to then push the guy into the, <laughs> Yeah, when they're like, let's put him in. I was like, no. <laughs> Spacious. Yeah, but that's such a, you know, gorgeous execution of all the elements. It's in an scene. amazing way of kind of how to how to incorporate it. Yeah, also, you know, the train rolling by, like, before they fire the shot. Yeah, I like, thought that built waiting up, for that. you know, tension diegetically. But also non-diegetically. You know, like, oh, there's a train passing by and it gives you that source of, like, this increase of stimulus. But then it also works within the plot to cover up this gunshot. And that's kind of the, the payoff of then as the, the train noise descends as it moves further away. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that was just so fluid. It was yeah. funny. It was serious. All bundled up into this foreground, middle round, mm-hmm. background. Another gorgeous shot. Like, the lighting on this was impeccable. Every time. Oh, yeah. The lighting, the lighting in let's, let's just Let's just tangent on that. There's a moment where they're just outside, like, yeah. waiting to get into the building or whatever. And it's it's just, like, gorgeous outdoor street lamp Yes, lighting. right? Because uh, if it's the same one I think of, it's the guy with the glasses. Every time he's backlit, it just looks so mm-hmm. good. Because you have that, like, blue light, like, crescenting on his nose. But then you have kind of this, like like reddish like orangish like barely illuminating elsewhere and he just captures it like so well the lighting is just brilliant in this movie it it, it creates such a noir film or noir feel Mm. um Mm -hmm. and it's dramatic it's simple and it's also i don't know i think it just works i mean i keep saying the word dry but it's not hyper stylized because these jokes aren't flashy right it's it's bland almost but it's anything but bland because you're witnessing a coup it is exactly what it is it's not trying to hype itself up into anything that it's not yeah it is going to be not underwhelming because i don't think this film was underwhelming at all but it's it's not extravagant it's gonna be simple i kind of agree with underwhelming because you know when you get to the final product at the end of the film the shoe never drops <laughs> it never drops it never drops the entire time no yeah. it doesn't so yeah this was this was definitely a kicker if you found it slow i'm sorry i love it yeah, i love the slowness excellent the slowness hit for me so hard here's another gorgeous moment when they go get him get him go to the, oh. <laughs> to the, to the van driver oh. to the Brentwood. and then when they, when they pull the soldier up and smack him in the face yeah oh yeah he's like why you run and he's like get up <laughs> God, all gorgeous stuff. Yeah. And that's a wrap on the announcement. Join us next week for El Mariachi, a low-budget action film following a young mariachi looking for purpose who gets caught up in a deadly case of mistaken identity. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Subtitled Cinema for movie lists, behind-the-scenes content, and other good fun. And we have a website... What's the website? www.subtitledcinema.com Thanks for asking. I'm K-E-V-I-N-N And I'm M-I-C-H-A-E-L And thank you for listening. <laughs>